This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget you and you network. You can find that on Instagram, you and you underscore network, where you can find all the shows uh, under the you and you network. Shout out to the you and you network. You know what I'm saying? And all those podcasts that's on you and you network. Think for the you and you network. The head brothers at you and you network. You can check out the socials at you a n d u underscore network how you love this playboy this one here bezeled out play a white hate 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 y'all boys y'all boys i ain't ready for this hot boys hot boys don't pretend to come quick cody cal in my drawers running from the law so bubble i am my son i'm hoping that i don't fall i'm sturdy hitting colors hitting gates man this thing is getting tight in a single bounce, till I see them lights. Hear me this. If I go, I better go and snap. But in the tent, I see another boy. Dealing with me, you're dealing with the wrong one. My chopper cut loose. I'd like to say a few additional words about what happened in Jacksonville yesterday. Uh, Florida, the state, and its people condemn the horrific, racially motivated murders perpetrated by a deranged scumbag uh, in Jacksonville at the Dollar General store. Uh, perpetrating violence of this kind is unacceptable, and targeting people due to their race has no place in the state of Florida. Casey and I extend condolences to the victims of their, and their families on behalf of the entire state of Florida. I've spoken with Jacksonville Mayor Deegan, Sheriff Waters, and President Faison from Edward Waters College. We will work with Dr. Faison to ensure the college has adequate security, just like we've done when our Jewish day schools have been receiving threats. We're not going to allow in the state of Florida our HBCUs to be targets for hateful lunatics like the guy yesterday. Welcome back to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. As we all know by now, a white man armed with a high-powered rifle and a handgun, wearing a tactical vest and a mask, entered a dollar store just before 2 p.m. down in Jacksonville, Florida, a few weeks ago, shot and killed two men and a woman before killing himself. All three victims were black. This man was a white supremacist. This was a racially motivated attack on black people, which you may not know is that his first target was actually Edward Waters College down in Jacksonville, Florida, which is a HBCU. He wanted to go down and he wanted to shoot up a black college. But his plan got foiled because when he pulled up in the parking lot, the students saw him looking hella weird. Wearing wearing tactic getting get, putting on tactical gear and, and and masking up. And it was they said, uh oh. They went and got security. Security approached this cowardly white supremacist and he fled. When security approached him, he fled that college. So the dollar store was plan B. You heard in the opening clip, Governor Ron DeSantis says, hate has no 
place here in Florida. Man, please. Your whole election slogan is Florida is where woke goes to die. His wife is still wearing a jacket on the a jean jacket on the back that says where woke goes to die. I've said this before. Woke is code for black people. That's really what that is. He's made a whole campaign phrase out of where woke goes to die. That's what he's running off of. He's supposed to be the 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 liberal woke killer. I'm talking about this hate has no <laughs> place down in Florida. Man, this is what? What? Florida? They use black babies as alligator bait down in Florida. They burned down entire black towns in Florida. I think Spike Lee made a movie about it, Rosewood, back in the nineties. You can't get your history from Hollywood, kids. But that really happened in Florida. Man, you know how many lynchings they had down in Florida? They bombed black, blew up black people's houses down in Florida, down in the 50s. There were activists for civil rights. Florida has a long history of racism, white supremacy. And it continues to this day and is motivated by Governor Ron DeSantis. Remember, he passed the Anti-Woke Act. He's banning black history from being taught in Florida schools. He's pulling history books off the shelves that hurt white people's feelings. He's doing that. Some of this is on him. He's saying we have to, to, to fight against the woke. See, we got to ban these books because these books, this is, they, they pushing that woke culture. See, they talking about how we use black babies as alligator bait. That's, that's, that's too woke. They talking about how we ran black people out of their homes, entire towns, burned them down. That's too woke. They talking about how we lynch black people. That's too woke. They talking about how we bombed black people's houses in the 50s. They were fighting for civil rights. That's too woke. White supremacist culture down in Florida where we can't stand you niggers. That's too woke. We can't talk about that. Hell, he, even, he don't even like Disneyland. Disneyland's too woke. They too, they, you know, they too pro to things that we hate. Ron DeSantis said all, said what he said in response to that gunman killing those black folks after a failed attempt to commit a mass shooting at a college against black teenagers going to school to get their education. You notice how when we present all the problems that black people face just for being black in America and we ask for something tangible, tangible policies, tangible benefits, reparations, anything tangible. Right? The first thing they want to say is, well, you know, y'all just need to get your education. Y'all need to go to school. Go to college. Make something out yourself. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, y'all have to put up value on education. Go get your education, guys. Education helps solve this problem. Well, if you send your kids to college, hopefully a white supremacist don't show up at the damn school with, with tactical gear and assault rifle and try to murder all of them. You see how that go? You see how that go? Now, like I said, speaking of Disney World, Ron DeSantis said what he said. And then three days later, this happened. This is courtesy of NBC News. A day after Ron DeSantis said what he said. 
groups of neo-Nazis and white supremacists spread, spread anti-Semitic white supremacists and, and anti-LGBTQ messages outside of Disney World and in nearby Orlando, Florida. Officials say at least 15 people wearing clothing and bearing flags embroiderized with Nazi insignia and posters of Ron DeSantis demonstrated outside the entrance to the Disney Spring Shopping Center, said the Orange County Sheriff's Office, which said deputies were dispatched around 1040 a.m. According to the Anti-Defamation League, a civil rights organization dedicated to countering extremist participants called carrying anti-Semitic white, blah, 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 blah. The group consisted mem of members of neo-Nazi groups, Order of the Black Sun, Aryan Freedom Network, and the 14 First, and a now disbanded group that has been absorbed into the National Socialist Movement, the largest neo-Nazi groups in the United States, according to the ADL. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> After Ron DeSantis gives this speech talking about how hate has no place in Florida, a group of neo-Nazis show up outside of Disneyland waving the Nazi flag and toting posters with Ron DeSantis' picture on it because they love Ron DeSantis a lot. Let's go down to North Carolina. The U.S. is seeing a surge in efforts to ban or restrict books in schools. One school board in North Carolina recently voted to temporarily remove a book about the history of racism in the U.S. from high school classrooms. And as WHQR's Rachel Keith reports, a lone parent was behind the move. Katie Gates was upset that her daughter's teacher assigned the book Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You in an AP language and composition class. She told the school board at a packed public hearing the book is anti-American. They brainwashed the reader that all the white people are racist and are to blame for everything wrong in America. How do you think these claims make everyday average white students required to read this book feel? Gates was demanding the removal of the book from the curriculum. Stamped is a frequent target for book bans across the country. Assistant Superintendent Don Brinson tried to defend the use of the book to no avail. Ms. Gates' claim that Stamped is anti-American is not a fact. It is her opinion. Gates had tried unsuccessfully to convince two curriculum committees to remove the book. Her last resort, the school board. Last November, Republicans swept the elections, taking control from Democrats. Those GOP candidates campaigned on parental rights and stopping what they call liberal indoctrination in schools. Enough Republicans agreed with Gates, who welcomed the decision to pull the book. I feel like there's accountability. To me, that's huge. Katie Gates is an active member of the local GOP. But Republicans aren't always in lockstep in removing controversial texts from the nation's classrooms. A national NPR Ipsos poll conducted in May of this year shows that half of Republicans oppose book bans. So does Stephanie Craybill. She was the only Republican on the school board to oppose the book's removal. I've been a Republican since I was 18 years old. I believe that the Republican Party in some areas of our country has morphed away from just conservative, moderate values. New Hanover County Schools serves suburban Wilmington, and its student population is 60 percent white. 
What worries North Carolina NAACP President Deborah Dix Maxwell is that the school board is ignoring important black voices. So it's going to make teachers who decide the curriculum to pick the safe route instead of the route that will envelop more critical thinking. You just diminished it by your vote. As for the teacher, Kelly Kidwell, who had required the book, she now has to choose another text that the board said needs to be, quote, balanced. She says she's disappointed that one parent can have so much control over her classroom. I feel a little powerless because I feel like this is just the first of many dominoes to fall before the tides shift again. But I will continue to teach to the best of my ability and do right by the students I have in my classroom right now. The North Carolina NAACP is now considering a lawsuit similar to the one in South Carolina where parents are challenging a school board that also voted to remove stamped from classrooms. Down in North Carolina, one white parent was upset about a book that was being assigned to high school kids. And all it took was one upset white parent to get a book pulled from the entire school district. Now, let's talk about this book for a second. Stamp, Racism, Anti-Racism and You. This book is by Ibram X. Kennedy. I actually have this book. So I can talk about this well-informed. Now, in the clip, this white parent, she said that this book brainwashes the reader to make them think everything that is wrong with America is all white people's fault. Well, that's not brainwashing. That's called truth. (laughs) That's called telling the truth about what happened. Now, this is a history book. And like I said, I've read this book. This book tells the history of racism in America. Right. It talks about the slave trade. It talks about the Civil War, what happened after the Civil War. It talks about the creation of Jim Crow. It talks about the creation of the Ku Klux Klan. It talks talks about the anti-black laws. It talks about segregation. It talks about the laws that were passed and put in place to keep black people in a permanent underclass. It talks about black people fighting for civil rights to get out of oppression. It talks about the school to prison pipeline. It talks, you know, it talks historically. It's basically a history book that chronicles the history of America and the system of oppression that's been put in place by people who classify themselves as white. This book is not it's a history book. Everything in this book is true. This book is not a inflammatory on attack on on white people in the abstract. Right. Like this 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 book isn't performative. This This, this isn't an opinion piece. This is a history book. This book doesn't call white folks the oppressors. It doesn't call them crackers. It doesn't say you white devils did this. This ain't that type of book. Okay. This is a history book that chronicles everything I just said. And this white woman got up and lied her ass off and said, well, it brainwashes the reader to make them to, 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 to make make think all us white folks is just evil. And we're, you know. We're at fault for everything that's wrong. And everything that happened to the niggers is all white people. Yes, it is all y'all fault. She is upset because this book is telling the truth and she don't want the truth to be told. Now, this is just one racist white woman, so I'm not surprised. Whatever. Here's what 
everyone should pay attention to, especially black parents. All it takes is one white woman to get this book pulled from the school district. One upset white parent and they pulled it from the school district. The NAA, she was more, one white woman is more powerful than the NAACP down in North Carolina in 2023. One white woman is more powerful than all the black parents put together. Hell, one white woman is more powerful than all the black parents and all the so-called liberal white folks. There were some people who were classified as white who were also Republican. You heard it in the clip. Who wanted the book to be taught? Like, no, this is a good book. There's nothing wrong with it. We need to teach this. She's more powerful than all them put together. She was like Thanos. <laughs> she whooped all of them. She, she said, nope. I don't. Here's the thing. She didn't just say, hey, I don't want this taught to my child. Or, you know, I feel like she number one, she can't refute anything that's in the book. She can't refute anything that it says. She just says, I don't like it because I feel like it makes white people look bad. And they pulled it from the school district. Black parents. How many times have you sent your child to school, which I like to call the killing fields, because that's where black minds go to die. These damn public schools, the private ones, too. How many times have you sent your child to school? And they taught him some bullshit up in that history class. They taught him about how great Thomas Jefferson was and George Washington and all these racist white folks told him about, oh, the benefits of slavery. That's what they're teaching down in Florida. How black people benefited. How it was so great for the Negroes. If it wasn't for slavery, you know, you might be running around Africa chasing the cheetah trying to get some lunch. How many times did they just teach your child all these things that are untrue were you able to complain and get that racist ass history book full, full of lies pulled from the school district hmm. were you able to complain and say no you got to teach my child the truth about george washington owned over 300 slaves you got to teach my child the truth about thomas jefferson also owned hundreds of slaves sexually abused Sally Hemmings. Never forget, Sally Hemmings was only 14 years old. Thomas Jefferson was in his 40s. Had multiple kids by multiple slaves. That's called plantation rape. Deadbeat dad. You gotta... I don't want my child singing the Star Spangled Banner because that was written by Francis Scott Key who also owned slaves. You wanna go there? You wanna go there? Hmm? How many of y'all was able to go down to the school, stand up and complain, and they just say, okay, we got to pull these history books. We got to teach something different. Matter of fact, we're not just going to not teach it to your child. We're not going to teach it to nobody's child. We're going to pull the book from the district. Y'all got that type of power? Y'all got that type of ability? Can y'all do that? I don't think you can. But a white woman can. Just one. She not a senator. She not a governor. She's not running for president. She's not attorney general. She's not the secretary of education. No, she's just one white parent that said, mm, no, can't let this get taught. And they pull it from the school district. That's the power of whiteness. And while we're on it, 
I mentioned the author. I mean, humble brag, whatever. <laughs> I shouldn't even talk about it. <laughs> I don't even know how I break it. I was just going to say, uh, Ibram X. Kennedy, who's the author of this book we're, we're talking about, um, a few years ago, he did like one of my tweets on Twitter because, you know, every now and again, I got to get on you white folks <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> and I was, I forgot what I was saying, but I was getting on somebody about their racism. And he liked my tweet, so that's my Ibram X. Kennedy story. I am the most hated man on the UNU network, by the way. Whoo, you should see some of the D- Man, you should see my inbox, boy. <laughs> you should see some of the DMs I get. Ooh, y'all be mad, mad, huh? Y'all be big mad. It's all right. Y'all, y'all, y'all come on. Whoo, I hope y'all listen to this one. You know, they love Separate the Two. Separate the Two is, 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 is very entertaining, very topical. They they love a taste to consider podcast. You know he's all about sp- spiritual and uplifting and mental health and zodiac signs and uh uh the uh, the Mercury Gatorade and all that stuff. Uh, they three stars two bars. You know they people love their antics. You know reservation for three. You know people love reservation for three. They they t- you know very entertaining, great chemistry. You know they make you laugh. They tell very personable stories but when it comes to me i'm just that no good nigga <laughs> this crazy radical well you know this some nut gave a podcast to oh lord wish he go away i mean lord how many times he's gonna stay stuck in the past and you know talk about talk about all you know talk about all those things that happened in the past that he, he can't just let it go and he just want to blame white people for everything i'm talking about stuff that happened in 2023 I talk about stuff that's happening right now, but I'm always bringing up the past and you got to let it go. And, you know, full of hate and God loves everybody. Okay. That's all right. I'll wear it. I might get a t-shirt. This is the most hated man on the UNU network. That's all right. Every other DM I get is I need to, I need to stop preaching hate. Cause you know, obviously that's, that's what this podcast is about. Me just preaching hate. <laughs> Cause that's all them, all the messages I get for the last two, three years. Talk about how I need to stop preaching all this hate. All this hate I'm spewing is, you know, not not making things better, Scott. Okay. All right, let's let's move on to the next story. Let's go down to Alabama. It's often a straightforward process in this country. You hold an election for office, a clear winner is declared, and that person assumes the position once the votes are counted and certified. But New Bern, Alabama is a bit different. They haven't held elections for years, with a position often handed down from father to son for multiple generations, until one man went against the norm. And he says it's led to him being blocked from his mayoral duties for years. Now the battle over who's really in charge is at the center of a federal lawsuit as tensions run high. Our Steve Osinsami has the tale of two mayors. New Bern, Alabama is one of those small places in America where you'll find nearly a dozen churches to worship the Lord, but not a single grocery store. It's barely a mile long with about 200 people, an old cotton town where the history of slavery still lives deep in the soil. Even the cemeteries are still racially segregated. This is where white people are buried. And over here is the dirt road that takes you to a hill where the descendants of former slaves still bury their dead today. I'm not trying to divide the town. I just want to make the town better. 
For the first time ever, a child of those black ancestors has become the city's mayor, hoping he can bring people together. But in a lawsuit he's filed in federal court, he says that some of his white neighbors have kept him from the job and locked him out of office. And he's seen here arguing with one of them outside the building, a city clerk who he and his black voters tried to persuade to their side but failed. What you're doing is unjust. It is. It's absolutely unjust. It's unjust by this gentleman and it's unjust by the people of this country. Do you feel cheated? Oh, yeah. Do you feel discriminated against? Yes. What is it that you want to see happen? I want to take my rightful seat and I want to hold each and every one of them accountable for what they did. 56-year-old Patrick Braxton was born and raised here and became the city's first black mayor in 2020 when he quietly filed the paperwork at this county courthouse to run for the position. Up until that year, no one had ever officially put in for the job. How many years has this place gone without an election? I think they said about 60 so. So then how was the mayor decided here? Just hand it down, hand it down. And let me guess, what was the race of this mayor in this town? What's it always been? White. Yeah, every single time. Yes. The mayor at the time was this man, Haywood Stokes III. His father, Haywood Stokes Jr., who died 10 years ago, was the mayor before. And in a response to the federal lawsuit, he and his lawyers admit that the town of New Bern has not held an election for years prior to decide who leads their city. But they deny that there's any racism or a conspiracy here to keep black people out of office. He and Patrick Braxton are both volunteers at the fire station on Main Street. They've known each other for more than a decade. So it was a shock to everyone when the legal deadline had passed to run for the job, and this time a black man, Patrick Braxton, had gone through the trouble of filing the proper paperwork and was the one and only candidate. Months later, he was seen here, being sworn into office by a state judge. And like previous mayors before him, he appointed his own city council, who put their hands on the Bible that same warm evening. You know, it was very exciting. We had one meeting. You did have a meeting in City one, Hall? One, yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. We got a chance to come in, you know, and... Try to get to, organized. Try to organize yeah. what, mm -hmm. you know, that was it. They say it felt good in a town where 85% of the residents are black, to finally have a city council that looked more like the people they serve. So you met the former mayor, Woody, after you were sworn in? Yes. And there didn't appear to be any problems? No problem. And said, here's the keys? Yeah. And that's it? That's it, and walked off. So now you have a meeting at City Hall. When did the doors get locked? <laughs> well, I we guess don't the know. next day, Notice. we don't know exactly when. I guess they knew we was there. Can you imagine? It's mm -hmm. a city hall. It's, it's the town hall, and it's locked forever. It's been locked for two years now. Well, I feel that it's all about race. And I don't mind saying that. That's what it's about, because I've lived here all my life. According to their lawsuit, they're also locked out of the city's accounts at this bank on the other side of the county. Meanwhile, the black city council members say that the old city council continues to collect taxes, pay the lawn crews, and somehow conduct regular business. Do you even know who's holding the meetings? No. No, and mm -hmm. they must be holding mm -hmm. it in uh, a private home. You may hang up or press one for more options. We tried more than once to get the former mayor's side of the story, knocking on his door when it appeared he was home. He didn't answer.
In court filings, Woody III explains his position, accusing Mayor Braxton of living outside the city limits, which would disqualify Braxton from being the mayor. And it is true that Mayor Braxton has more than one home, one that he uses as his city residence that he rents, and this one where he lives with his family outside the city. Here's where it gets more complicated. Mr. Woody Stokes is arguing that he gets to hold on to the job because of a special election he claims was held in October to vote on the new city council, weeks before the black city council was sworn in, where only the old city council members qualified to run and because of that kept their jobs. He says his old city council put him back in charge. But in his lawsuit, Mayor Braxton says that his side didn't even know that a special election was happening and says that if it did, it was no good, saying that it took place in secret and that no notice of a special election was ever published. Y'all just need to go on and leave us alone. But there's not a story here. We went to the Mercantile Store, a small diner across the street from the town hall, a place that black residents say is ground zero for Mayor Braxton's opposition. We were told to leave the room. You just need to go on no. and leave us alone. It's a black, it's, it's going to be a black and white thing and y'all know it. If you're living and you're working here, That's someone can make your life living hell. It can really affect you, your family. You will be quiet. On our walk with the mayor, the few white residents we met who support him were only comfortable telling us so off camera. You see what I've been trying to tell you? Yeah. Yeah. That people are afraid. Yeah. Of what? I don't know what it is. They friends? Uh, Who's going who gonna to stop speaking to them? One small exception was the kind woman working at the town's new library who didn't really want to take a side. I think it's very unfortunate for the town of Newburn to be have, have to go through this conflict. And um, I'm hoping that people will listen to each other and be graceful with each other and come together as the Newburn community. Laquina Lewis has become sort of a political activist who works with the mayor. Who's everyone afraid of around here? You tell me. Power, the power structure. These are some of the frightening letters filled with racial slurs that she says she's gotten in the mail. This is why I just can't say it's not race. I received a lot of hate mail that referenced lynchings and name calling, referenced my children. So this, this is personal for me and this is, this is serious. This isn't a game. And obviously people want it to go away. One of the white residents who we saw in the restaurant, he said, you know, you guys are just going to make it about race. Mm. What do you say to that? Look at the deck of cards. Well, they the ones making it about race because they don't want a black man to be mayor of this damn town down in Alabama. I had to listen to this story several times to make sure I fully understood everything that's happening down in this small town in Alabama, which is going on right now because you know I, I i get accused of bringing up stuff you know that happened before we was born no this is happening right now in 2023 this town in alabama the residents are 85 percent black 85 percent black they have always had a white mayor and for some odd reason like look i don't can't claim to be a political expert still learning I didn't even know you can pass down the position of mayor. Like, I didn't know the position of mayor is something that could be inherited. But as you heard in the clip, 
white people have always just passed this down. Like somebody's dad was mayor and he passed it on to his son. He become mayor and, you know, he maybe he passed it on to, you know, his brother or his cousin. and They become mayor, or, you know, maybe give it to your buddy across the street or maybe you give it to your side chick. Let her be mayor, whatever. <laughs> they just this position of mayor. They don't have elections. They just pass it on to the next person. And surprise, surprise, in a town that's 85 percent black, it's always been a white person who gets to be mayor. So what this black man did. And, you know, us as black people, we always get told we need to we need to get politically involved. We need to vote. We need to take part in the process. You know, we, we need a political a political education and we need to get involved. If, if we want change to happen, we need to vote. We need to register to vote. Rock the vote. Get down there. Get, get involved and get, get up off your ass and do something. Well, damn it. This black man got up off his ass and did something. He went down to the city hall. He filled out the paperwork to run for mayor, and he ran unopposed. Why did he run unopposed? Nobody else ran for the position because they've always just gave it to some, gave it to another white person. And since he's the only person who filled out the paperwork to be mayor, and he ran unopposed, as you heard in the clip, legally he was elected mayor. He was sworn in by a state judge and everything. He won the election because nobody ran against him. This black man became the first black mayor in this town's history because he's the only black, he's the only person that went down and filled out the damn paperwork to be mayor. Once he became mayor, he elected his city council. They had one council meeting. When they showed up for the second council meeting, city hall was locked and has been locked for the last two years. Not only was city hall locked, they have been locked out of all the accounts use to run the city all the bank accounts that the mayor is supposed to have access to to pay for city things you know mayor type shit (laughs) they haven't had access to any of now this city has still been running the bills still get paid laws still get passed this city has still been running over the last two years how's it been running White people have been running it in secret and they don't even know where you heard them in the clip, probably in a private home somewhere, somebody's basement. They go down in somebody's basement, you know, with the Klan robes on and, you know, and with they Nazi regalia and they run the town the same way they always have, you know, <laughs> and see a, a group of white people running the secretly running the town that's 85 percent black. And here's the craziest thing. When confronted on the legalities of this, it's like, uh, <coughs> You know, this man is the mayor. Y'all just locked him out of City Hall, locked him out the accounts, and y'all secretly running the town somewhere we don't know where. They said, well, basically, uh, he's, you know, we found a loophole. See, what we did was before, and they said this, I'm quoting them, before the Black City Council had their meeting, white folks, we had a meeting, that the black people didn't know about and we reinstated the former mayor in city council we elected them in and since we had their meeting before theirs we overrule (laughs) the black folks meeting so white people had a meeting in secret and said nah we just going to continue on with (laughs) the all white mayor in city council that we always had we just going to we just going to continue on with them so white folks voted to keep them in place and the duly elected mayor 
in the eyes of white people, him and his council, he really don't have no power. So let's just lock everything down and we'll just continue to run the town in secret. I'm not making this up. That's what they said. That news report you heard, that was not the onion. That was not some, uh, you know, that wasn't from Comedy Central. That wasn't some parody. That was ABC News. <laughs> like, this is really happening. That's what they did. A black person became mayor, and that's what they did. They locked him out, and now they're running the town in secret with a shadow government full of white people, and no one knows who they are. I mean, they know who they are. It's the former mayor and, and the, his former city council. They just said, nah, we're not turning it over to you, Nick. That's what's going on down in Alabama in 2023, and it's been going on for two years. Don't tell me white people are ignorant. Don't tell me white folks don't know what they're doing. Don't tell me it ain't about race. You heard in that clip, angry white people say, y'all just going to make this a black-white thing. Y'all made it a black-white thing. Y'all making it about race. And then when we boldly confront you and say, hey, this this is about race, the first thing they do is just deny and play dumb. This ain't got nothing to do. Yes, it's got everything to do about it. It's got everything to do about it. All of these lies that they tell us, they're trying to confuse you. They're trying to distract you. They're trying to make you think it ain't about race. It's about classism. It's about capitalism. It's about patriarchy. It's about the elites. It's about everything except about what it really is. It's about race. They banned that book in North Carolina because one white woman got upset. It's about race. If she was a black parent that got upset, whatever book that black woman was upset about would still be in there. They wouldn't have pulled it from the district. Okay. Point. Name me a town that's 85% white that has a black man. Hmm. What town that's 85% white, the black people lock the doors to city council and is secretly running the town? Hmm? It's like, hey, even, you know, small town uh, in the South that's 85% white, the black folks, we got together and we had a meeting and we decided we're going to elect, you know, a black mayor and a black city council and we're going to run this town. And, you know, we don't lock the city hall. <laughs> we don't block y'all access to bank accounts. And we run into town in secret and you don't, you know, you're not invited to our meetings. You don't know who we are, where we are, when we meet to make these decisions. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, it's laughable. It's laughable. It's so sad. It's laughable. One last thing I got to get to before I get out of here. I got to talk about this piece of garbage. Michael Novak, otherwise known as Brother Polite. Okay, so Mr. Nowak, uh, the terms of the plea agreement are as what the prosecutor just stated, that you are going to be entering a plea of guilty to the two counts of aggravated child abuse and one count of deliberate, uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor. You will be adjudicated guilty, which is a criminal conviction on your record. Do you also understand, sir, that by entering into this plea that it may subject you to involuntary civil commitment Proceedings set forth in Florida statutes 394.910 through 394.931. Do you understand everything that I've said thus far? Yeah. Okay. 
Now, I want to also advise you, sir, that you are going to be sentenced to seven years in state prison to be followed by 10 years of reporting probation. In addition to any of these special conditions of probation, you will also participate in and successfully complete a mentally disordered sex offender treatment program that you are also uh, not eligible. Okay, you, you may, according to the state, you may be eligible for early termination if all of the conditions of your probation have been completed, that you have had no violations. And to, to clarify the terms stated in, in, in five is there is no prohibition on early termination. However, there is a requirement that any modification to this agreement be agreed by the state and the court. Okay, all right, sir. Now, with respect to this plea agreement, I have on each page next to defendant's initials MN. Did you in fact affix those initials to each page? I did. And have you reviewed each and every component of this plea agreement uh, going through page one and page through page four? I have. Now it says on uh, page four, having read the above mentioned terms of this plea agreement and having been advised by my counsel, David Terrace, I, Michael Noak, freely and voluntarily enter into this plea agreement and agree to abide by all terms and conditions of this plea agreement and agree that failure to comply with any terms or conditions within this agreement constitutes a violation of probation and subjects me to be sentenced to the statutory maximum penalties provided by law for the crimes for which I am now pleading guilty. And then it has a signature over the name Michael Noak. Is that in fact your signature, sir? Yes, sir. All right. And I am now going to place my signature on this plea agreement in that I am now going to be ratifying this plea agreement as negotiated between the state of Florida and your attorney. Almost two years to the date, I did a show called Weirdos. Go back in the archives, check it out. I recorded that show two years ago. In that show, I talk about a con artist called Dr. Malachi Z. York and how we have to watch the people who come from his tree. Guess who comes from that tree? Michael Nowak, otherwise known as Brother Polite, another con artist. He was a student of Dr. Malachi Z. York. Again, Dr. Malachi Z. York is still alive. He's serving a hundred and four year federal sentence for 70, 70, 77 counts. I said seven, 77, 77 counts of rape and child molestation. He's sitting in a very cold federal prison cell right now. Brother Polite, Michael Nowak pled guilty seven years in prison 10 years probation he pled guilty to assault of a minor sexual assault of a minor and rape of a minor a 16 year old girl he belongs in a very cold prison cell for a very long time for those who aren't familiar with the details of the story michael nowak was dating a lady who has a six who at the time had a 16 year old daughter. The lady and the daughter got into an argument. Michael Nowak told the mother, 
let me take the daughter downstairs to calm her down and try to talk to her about how you a good mother and talk some sense into her. And this is someone that this woman trusted because she was in a relationship with him. So she agreed. He was supposed to take her downstairs, calm her down, the 16-year-old, give her a talking to and bring her back upstairs. Instead, he took this 16-year-old female child to a nightclub, gave her alcohol and Lord knows what else, took her to a hotel room and sexually assaulted this girl. He can't say it wasn't him. He can't say it was a lie. He can't say I didn't do it. They have DNA evidence it was him. They got the semen from the girl's shirt that proves it was him. Once the mother noticed that the they wasn't, you know, they were taking a long time. Where'd they go? They didn't just go downstairs. She called Michael Nowak repeatedly. He never answered the phone. The daughter told the mother what happened. When she confronted Michael Nowak, he told the mother, don't tell because you're going to ruin my career. He offered the mother money not to tell nobody what he did. The mother, to her credit, went to the went to the authorities, filed the proper charges. And the only reason this didn't go to trial is because the mother did not want her daughter to have to go endure a public trial and testify to what happened to her. Because the mother has stated recently that this child has suffered a great amount of trauma. She's suffering mentally. You know, she's been traumatized from the incident. It's a terrible thing that she had to endure, and it's affected her greatly. So she did not want to have to put her, re-traumatize her, and have to relive it and testify in public what this monster did to her. Now, for those of you who are who are unfamiliar with the persona of Michael Nowak, he's supposed to be part of the conscious community. He's supposed to be pro-black. He's supposed to be against the white man. Man's a monster. Guys, we can't follow everybody that puts on a conscious costume and says he's against the white man. We can't. There's a lot of con artists out there. This man said he wrote 90 plus books. Man did not write. 90 bucks. It's all copy and paste work from the internet. He says he can sell you some paperwork to give you more status and you ain't got to follow the laws and all this bullshit. <laughs> all this bullshit. Guys, we got to be smarter than this. The man is a sexual predator. He's a manipulator. He's a con artist. Because that's who taught him. Dr. Malachi Z. York, another con artist. Another manipulator. Another child abuser Dr. Malachi Z. York sexually assaulted boys and girls children 77 counts of child molestation that's how he got over 100 years in a federal prison not because he was trying to uplift black people because he was destroying black people Michael Nowak he was supposed to be for the black community but he didn't victimize white people everybody he victimized was black The money he stole, he stole from black people. The people he conned, he conned black people. The children that he sexually assaulted were not, were non-white children. And I'm putting children in front of it 
because this isn't the first time he was acute. He has been accused of doing something like this. He has been accused of doing something being with underage girls before. If you really for black people, if you really want to help black people, you don't abuse. them. You don't lie to them. You don't scam them. You don't con. And you definitely you definitely don't sexually molest children. Go back in the archives and listen to that show I did almost two years ago to the date, weirdos. Once again, this has been another episode.